This morning, I've invited some very special people to welcome you to New Friendship Baptist Church. Good morning and welcome from New Friendship Baptist Church. Welcome to New Friendship Baptist Church. We're glad you're here. Hi, I'm Emma and I'm from New Friendship Baptist Church. I would love if you could join us for our Sunday and Wednesday activities. Hello, my name is Bella. Welcome to New Friendship Baptist Church. You can wear dresses, shorts, anything appropriate here. And we have kids. It's, we have kid classes. We have grown-up classes. And the people here, people that go here are very nice, sweet. And they all love each other. Welcome to New Friendship. I'm glad you joined us today. Welcome to New Friendship. Welcome to New Friendship Baptist Church. We're glad you're here. We have an amazing kids program, and if you have kids, I think they like it. Go! Welcome to New Friendship. Miss ya. Welcome to New Friendship Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Let's, Let's go, go worship! Thank you so much. I just love the creativity of our children and our youth. And yes, Ava, we miss everyone. In fact, I can't wait until we can meet together again, but I'm also thankful for being able to gather each week in our homes with our families to worship. No matter how you count it, we're reaching more people each week through our online gathering than our physical building can even hold. Never doubt that God is doing a great work in these days. If you're joining us for the first time, make sure you follow our Facebook page. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our channel. This morning, I want to jump right into the text. So if you have your Bible with you, turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18 is the fourth major teaching section of this gospel. Its focus is on body life. That is how we as redeemed people in the church interact with and love one another. We protect each other. We pursue each other when we go astray. We restore one another. We forgive each other. Essential faith that works expresses itself in a loving, pursuing, restoring, and forgiving community of believers because that's exactly what God has done for us. He loved us, He pursued us, He restored us, and He forgave us. This morning, I want to focus on just one of these, forgiveness. So read with me, starting in verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle, he was brought, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him, and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So, this, so his fellow servant fell down, and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused, 
and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what he had what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant, as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Coming on the heels of Jesus' teaching on confronting a sinning brother, Peter asked Jesus how many times he must forgive his brother. Is seven enough? Well, that's pretty generous since the usual was three times. But Jesus says seven, more like 70 times seven. In other words, unlimited. And then he uses a parable to illustrate what he's trying to teach his disciples. In this parable, there's a servant who owed a great sum of money to the king. And Jesus uses this shocking amount of 10,000 talents. That's roughly 150,000 years worth of wages. Don't try to do the math in today's wages because it'll blow your mind. Obviously, the amount of money wasn't going to be repaid. So he and his whole family and all of his property was to be sold to cover the debt. The debtor pleads with the king. He falls on his knees and he asks for patience and that he would repay. And the king, in his mercy, forgives the man the debt. Now that's unbelievable. The king showed extravagant forgiveness. Now before we see what happens with this servant, I have to point out that in Christ, we too have been shown extravagant forgiveness. We have a debt that could not be paid. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's also a consequence of the debt. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But thankfully, we can plead for mercy because God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And God in His mercy shows us compassion. He shows us compassion when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and that we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. And doing that, we will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. This is the good news of the gospel. That even though we can never earn salvation, we can never do enough good works to pay the debt of sin that we owe, because of God's great love for us, He's forgiven the debt through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus. That's extravagant forgiveness. Now, if I was this servant who had just been forgiven everything, I'd be walking on cloud nine. I'd be telling everyone what a merciful king that we serve. But not this guy. He does something just as shocking as the king's forgiveness. A fellow servant owed him some money. It was a small debt. It was only about three months wages. And the man who had been forgiven so much literally put this servant in a chokehold and demanded payment. The servant responded in the exact same way. He pleaded with him saying, have patience, I will pay you. But the man refused. He did not have mercy. 
he would not forgive him and he put him in prison. Even though I really don't want to say it, many of us do the same thing to others, the ones that we should forgive. We hold them to a higher level and we demand recompense. We need to remember that their trespasses against us are nothing compared to what God has already forgiven for us. Ephesians 4 reminds us to be kind to one another and tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Well, this unforgiving servant didn't realize it at the moment, but people were watching and the word got back to the king. Listen, your sins will find you out. In Luke chapter 8, verse 17, it says, For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will be not known and come to light. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, that therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Needless to say, the king, who forgave a debt that can never be paid, called him back. This time, he showed no mercy and delivered him to the jailers. Then Jesus said something that should ring in our ears and our hearts. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Our obligation as followers of Christ, as those living out essential faith, is to forgive because we have been forgiven. There is a righteous judgment coming from the righteous judge. And Jesus reminds us in Luke chapter 6, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Just like the unforgiving servant found out, there are consequences to not forgiving others. One pastor noted some of these consequences of an unforgiving spirit. He said that it affects your prayer life. It affects your worship. It affects how you read, understand, and apply God's Word. It affects your perspective on life, and it prevents fruitfulness. So the question for us is this. How do we lose an unforgiving spirit? Well, first, you have to acknowledge that you have a problem with forgiveness. Now, you might not want to think about it, and you might not want to go digging up the past, but at least realize that an unforgiving spirit is not compatible with living by faith. Here's the problem with sin that's never dealt with. It settles to the bottom. It's like a glass of cloudy water that eventually clears up, but it's still not clean water. The dirt's just settled at the bottom. And then the next time the glass is stirred, the water becomes cloudy again. It's the same with your heart. A little shaking, a little stirring up, and all those things come back to the surface. It doesn't have to be that way. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Secondly, you need to identify the person that needs to be forgiven. Ask God to search your heart and to show you, and you might be surprised what God shows you. Do you need to forgive your spouse, your kids, your parents, a co-worker, a classmate, a friend? Third, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to enable you to lay it down, to lay down the anger, the bitterness, the hatred, 
and the unforgiving spirit. He'll give you the strength and He'll give you the courage to do so. And last, you must choose to forgive. Whether you feel like it or not, trust me, it's not going to be easy and it won't seem very natural, but we must forgive. Not because we have to, but because the love of God compels us to forgive. We forgive because God in Christ forgave us. Have you experienced the extravagant forgiveness of God in your life? If not, you can. God loves you. He sent His Son Jesus to die for you, to die for your sin, so that you could be forgiven. Do you want to trust Him today? Simply confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead and you will be saved and forgiven. Do you need to find strength today to forgive someone? God will empower you to forgive. Can we pray together? God, I do want to thank you for today. And God, I thank you for your word. And God, I thank you that you loved us enough that you were willing to send your son to die for us on the cross so that we could experience your extravagant mercy and grace and forgiveness in our lives. And God, I pray today that if there's someone who's watching or listening, God, if they've never trusted in what Jesus did for them on the cross, God, I pray that you would draw them to yourself today. God, that they would turn and they, they would give their heart and life to you. God, for some of us, we may be struggling with forgiveness. We may have an unforgiving spirit. And God, I pray that we, Lord, would ask for your strength, God, for your encouragement, for your empowerment to deal with, with things in our life, God, that, that have caused us to be unforgiving. God, would you empower us to forgive those, those who have hurt us? And God, for those that we have hurt, God, would you give us the strength and power to forgive? God, again, we want to say that we love you. God, we thank you for meeting us today. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you made the decision to follow Christ, please call us, email us, leave us a comment below, and we'll make sure to get in contact with you and follow up with you. If you have a prayer need this morning, you can let us know by emailing us at prayer at newfriendshipbc.org. Now, before you click away, I have a couple more things that I need to share with you. If you've been with us these past few weeks, you you've know that we've encouraged our people to give to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. It's been incredible to see how many people have given and how much money that we've already raised to reach our goal for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. As you know, this year's theme is it's all about the gospel. And we want to cover the map with the hope found in God's word. So for every $350 we raise toward our goal, a New Testament is added to the map. And we are so close, very close, to covering the whole map with the hope of the gospel. We interrupt this video for a special announcement. I am so excited to let you know that we have reached our goal for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. If you were planning on giving, go ahead and go to our website and give anyway. There's nothing wrong with exceeding the goal. To God be the glory. If you give online, simply enter the amount and make sure you change the to field to Annie Armstrong Easter offering. 
enter your name and address and the other information there. And you even have the option to cover the fees, but don't worry about that. We'll be happy to pay those for you. If you're sending a check, make sure you note any Armstrong Easter offering on the memo line. I can't say it enough. Thank you for giving so faithfully during this time. Your generosity really does change lives. Now last week, I challenged you to love your neighbors because God has shown us His grace and His mercy. This week, and you probably guessed it, but if there's someone you need to forgive, I want to challenge you to forgive them because God's love compels us to do so. Now remember, go and live sent.